0: Hello and welcome to today's podcast. My name is Conan Nesla, and I'm here today with Carlos Gomez.
1: Hola. hola, hola.
0: And Tadeo Gasparetto. Hello everyone. Tadeo, can you tell us a little bit about today's paper?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, the paper that we're gonna to discuss today, its title is You Booze, You Lose. Spillovers to Crime from Alcohol Sales at College Football Games. And the author is Zahari Phone from Montana State University, and this paper has been published in the Journal of Sports Economics. And I mean, it's a very nice story talking about what affects the sales of alcohol in the college games in the United States, whether it increase or decrease the violence in the area. So it's a very nice topic.
1: Thank you, Tadeo. I think we'll take it from here. I was in charge of doing the introduction with You already almost did. But before that, I wanted to ask you guys, I think this is related to the topic. Do you enjoy drinking alcohol when you watch sports?
0: Yeah, maybe I can go first. So normally if it's a good game, I never do that because I really want to enjoy the game. And if I'm drinking, I tend to miss half of it. But also because if you go to the stadium, sometimes it's just too expensive. I saw the Golden State Warriors against the Dallas Mavericks three years ago and one beer was almost twenty dollars. And that was just too much, you know. Even though one beer you don't really get drunk, I wasn't willing to pay that. So I wanted to say no.
1: What about you, Tadeo?
2: The opposite. I would say that for me, drinking during the game is part of that atmosphere. So here in Brazil it was forbidden before the World Cup. And okay we used to drink before and after but then the world cup came and most of the stages then allow and then i truly enjoy it like for me it's part of all that atmosphere so yeah i drink a little bit while watching football
1: what about you carlos yeah <laughs> I, I wanted to get away with it sometimes yes i enjoy drinking a beer or a wine when i'm watching football for example but when Athletic is playing. I can't. I'm too nervous. I can't eat. I can't drink. I'm too busy praying. So, yeah, this depends. So let's start with the paper. The author comes across a very interesting topic because he realizes that alcohol sales at college football games are growing across the United States. And then he comes up with a very straightforward question. Does selling alcohol in college football stadiums increase game day crime? And he thinks about this because alcohol sales may induce higher levels of consumption, which might spill over to crime. So it is something that is straightforward to think. And I'm really glad that the author wants to pursue this topic. I don't know if you remember, guys, but this touches a similar topic than the paper by Ilaria Maciero on Brazil football and crime that we discussed on the podcast already. So I think it's a very good follow-up. To this line of research and before i pass it to you explain the methods and the results i want to mention two things first the author provides plenty of insights and background information on how college football like game days can increase crime and he also provides a review about alcohol and crime pointing out the relationship between college football games and parties with alcohol i really enjoy reading all these well-informed part of the paper. And second, the author mentions a series of theoretical mechanisms that could lead alcohol sales at college football games to crime. For example, he notices the type of funds that alcohol could bring to the game and to the stadiums. He also reflects on substitution or complementary effects of alcohol consumption, either before, during, or after the game. and. He also thinks about some endogeneity concerns about the implementations of these policies, informants by police and so on. So all together is a very well-informed introduction to introduce the topic. Now, Cornell, what type of data does the author use or what type of methods?
0: The author has very, very interesting data. And normally when I have to talk about data for a podcast, I'm not too glad about it, but this time it was really interesting. So, the author has data from the National Incident Based Reporting System. So, that is interesting because it captures each single crime incident. And additionally, all this data is really detailed. So, it has information about the time of the incident, the type of crime, and demographic information like age, sex, and ethnicity. So, then the author distinguishes between different kinds of crimes. So, between all crime, violent crime, and something the author calls Group B violations, such as disorderly conduct, drunkenness, and DUI. So this is really super different and interesting. And then they want to see how these different drinking policies influence these variables. So suppose you want to see how DUI, drunkenness, and disorderly conduct are affected by the different drinking policies at the schools, This is what the author is interested about. And what are these different schools in total? Those are 33 different schools and seven out of them have different alcohol sales. So different alcohol sales means at the game day, they are allowed to sell alcohol. And additionally, there's something that I know it's a tiny detail of the paper, but I wanted to mention it. Three stadiums beer gardens and I like this because of the name beer gardens so this is something that inside in the stadium in some areas people are allowed to drink alcohol but it's not like for the other seven because only in this beer garden are you allowed to drink alcohol so then it's really easy and straightforward the author wants to see how those different crimes say drunkenness blah 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 are related to the different school policies. Tadeo, what does the author find?
2: Thanks, Corner. Well, I mean, the analysis was really nice. They divided and they explained it very well, every step that they did. And I mean, I will try to explain like in three different points what they did in the first one, when they use difference and differences. For me, it was very surprising because many times we associate the alcohol consumption with the increase of the violence, at least it's just the first association that people tend to make. But what they figured out in the United States is that after controlling for everything in the first step, just considering the sales, adopting schools, they realized that the cases dropped in about 47% overall. So there is a huge reduction in crimes based on these sales of alcohol in matches. And as you say, he was explaining case by case and saying that liquor law of violation had a really drop in drunkenness and disorderly conduct. So for me, it was extremely interesting to see that different than what I expected before, this was what happened there. But the author emphasize that exist some differences, trends, between home games and our games. So where these home games attract the higher level of violence as expected, because our people were drinking and going to the stadium. In the second part of the analysis, where they call as a triple difference method, so they control for a more causal effect, so they could get a better causal effect, they realized that still now, adding the non-sales adopted schools, so now having all the schools in the sampling, they realized that the decline still persists. It was a little bit smaller. was about 28, 29% in the decline, but it still was very significant. And in three points, as they say, the drop was significant. That was in the liquor law, violation, disorderly conduct, and drunkenness. So they conduct different robustness check to confirm whether the result was stable and they made changes in the sample. They compare urban and non-urban areas, realize, for example, that urban areas have higher reduction in the violence. Day before and day after, they control for these beer gardens that you mentioned before, cornell. They were making many, many different kinds of robustness checks to provide and to not prove, but to give evidence how strong the method was and how reliable the result outwards. And talking about the mechanism, they were somehow discussing why this reduction in violence would happen. That was interesting, they say that this allowance of sales in alcohol, in matches, it would reduce the illegal possession of Alcohol, for example, before people trying to enter in the game with alcohol. So somehow this reduction could be related to this. But at the same time, the author was saying that could lower the intoxication. So they would have a kind of smooth consumption instead of increasing the alcohol by volume before the match or after that could happen before. People were drinking all over the time during the football game. And then this intoxication has reduced. So this was more or less what I get. The results are extremely interesting, in my opinion.
0: I would like to ask you two a question that is, let's say, a follow-up question to what Carlos asked in the beginning. Do you think it is problematic when people are drinking at a match? Uh...
1: To me, it's a difficult question. It's a very good question. Potentially, it could. For me, it all depends on the amount of alcohol. And also the type of alcohol, you know, it's not the same drinking one or two beers with some friends that's drinking heavy alcohol in larger amounts. And yeah, it could be potentially dangerous in a place where there are also kids around normally. So yeah, tricky question.
2: I agree with you, it's very tricky. In my opinion, it's like we have to try to find a balance considering that alcohol also provides the kind of revenue sources for the clubs in the sense, I mean, talking mainly in professional sports that people may enjoy and may consume and then it can provide some kind of revenues for the team as well. But sure, the different kind of alcohol. And in my opinion, it's very important to think about the culture of the place, whether is traditional heavy drinking area zone or culturally. So in this sense, it may influence in the increase or decrease of violence as well. What do you think, Cornel?
0: So for me, I have a somewhat different perspective because I think as long as a place in a stadium where I can go with my kids and everything is fine, I don't mind. it. And you know, why would I? I think if you would like to drink something, like you want to relax and this is what you like to do on a Saturday evening, for me, that is fine if you go to a stadium. But I think at a stadium, you have to have place for everyone. So suppose you want to go there with your kids or you just want to relax in the afternoon. I think it's good that you have to have some space where you expect people to not be drunk. So I think we all agree to some extent.
1: I agree as well. I think it's a matter of choice, also education. And altogether, alcohol versus not be a problem. Cornel, Tadeo. It's time to stop here thank you very much this is everything for today's podcast thank you for listening to the weekly sports piece stay tuned